I'm Sam Mays, and today we're here with Luke Phillips at C.J. Maloney's in uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. C.J.'s is a, a bar owned by a good friend of Luke and I's, uh, Ben Bowie, who is a, a former offensive lineman at Oklahoma State. Luke is was my kicker, really the only kicker that I uh, that I like, and I've got to start calling you a specialist because <laughs> Luke was a specialist, and uh, we will we'll kind of jump into that real quick. The, the the specialist conversation versus kicker. Let's just get it right off the top. Okay. So I, I've been a big proponent that. Uh, a, a kicker is those – they're people who just kick a ball, and that's it. That's they're, they're not athletic. They can't do anything else. They can't throw a ball. They can't run. They're the ones that you want to stuff in the overhead bin, you know, on the airplane. They're the ones that get stuffed in the locker. They are the ones that, you know, people can't stand because all they do is kick. Right. right? So I've always been a big believer in being a specialist, which is somebody – it's a specializing in kicking a ball, uh, trying to be an athlete that actually does kick a ball. So it's – uh, you know, for me, it's always been, hey, make sure that you know you're at weights, you're at, you're you're missing, you're not missing any runs, you're not missing any weights, you're right. you're hanging doing the whole out team the thing, yeah, doing the team thing. Um, you know, I ran a four four in in college, and it's one of those things. I always utilize that to go play, to do things, to to joke around. You know, I wasn't Tatum Bell running, you know, four two four threes, but it was fun to, to joke with him, right? right. Um, Kevin Williams, right? Try to come out and, and kick. Uh, we joked, uh, one of my high school basketball coaches actually lives in Arkansas, saw him. He's coaching his girls team, I think, or somebody's team over there. Ends up where he was, he came out, he and Llewellyn Brown came out and were like, hey, all this kicking thing's easy. They tried kicking, you know, a, a, like basically a PAT and it just rolled through the end zone. He still owes me five bucks because I told him, I was like, look, <laughs> I'll kick, I'll kick left footed right. and, and hit this, no problem. And so we backed up, backed up and he bet me five bucks, you know, that I couldn't hit a 45 yard field goal left footed. I did, and still haven't seen my five bucks. So uh, we joke about – I joke about that, but it's a – you know, trying to be an athlete that kicks a ball. That That's right. what a specialist is. Um, and, and so, yes, there are kickers, and there can be good kickers. Uh, but I think a specialist is the one that you're going to see, the Pat McAfee. You know, you're going to see these guys who are athletes that can actually go out and do things that – that uh, makes you more than just a kicker. I, um, I I always respected the way that you went about being a member of our football team because you live by this, right? It wasn't a – this is not just something that Luke is out here saying. Like, he literally uh, lived by it. All the scout team stuff, you're always out there uh, getting in drills, taking hits to the point that our coaches were like, what are you doing? Go kick the football, right? Stop stop coming out here and uh, and, and taking these shots. So it's uh, – it's, it's, you you were the ultimate the ultimate specialist, and I always appreciated not only your accuracy but the way that you went about it. So thank you for that. Well, um, even now we're here talking Oklahoma State football. You know, both and I, Luke and I, are, are hope, heartbroken after the Big Twelve championship game. There's no doubt about it. Uh, pretty devastating loss for the Cowboys. And you know, when you consider everything that uh, this season brought to the table, I, I can't be like mad. Right? I guess that's where I'm at right now. I'm sitting here thinking I can't believe that they were six inches away from winning a Big 12 championship and potentially getting a semifinal berth. And then I'm sitting here thinking you picked them to win seven games this season, along with most of the national talking heads. Right. I mean, that. no one believed that they were going to win 11 games this year. Are you kidding me? Get that opportunity? So part of me is heartbroken. Part of me is like, you know what? One hell of a run. Congratulations, Mike Gundy, for – Whatever mojo he had in nine ten in two thousand eleven, he has found it again. He seems as passionate 
uh, and excited as uh, as he's been in a long time. But the Big 12 championship game hurts, man. It, it definitely hurts. Well, and that's the thing. It always hurts because anything that you're doing in life, right, anything in life that you put so much blood, sweat, tears, effort towards, that's what hurts so much is is when you get to the pinnacle and you don't you don't make it right and so that's the part that hurts the most it, it doesn't matter what it is but it's you know for football and OSU it's it's like you said man it's you you look at everybody coming in uh, it you know I think Vegas had us at seven and a half from a right. standpoint right I mean I would say that 95 percent of the people probably took the under right they people didn't even think hey yeah you've got a simulated defense it is what it is and you're going to move on from there so I think that. It's the season is a perfect example of what a cowboy fan is uh, or has gone through for all his life. Like I, I came home uh, in an orange OSU stocking. Like both my parents graduated from there. Like it was just a dream come true for me to be able to step on the same field. So it was. As I look at it, you you get really excited. Everything's going really, really well. And man, I don't know. This is what happens. And then something, the other shoe falls. Right. right. It, it just falls, and then you're just like devastated. <laughs> But then you look back and you're like, you know what? Nobody nobody picked us to even you know win seven games. Right. So, in all reality, I guess winning eleven, getting into the Big Twelve championship when we were picked, I think seventh by most people. Right. In the big out of ten teams, I mean, and to to finish one two and to go through the regular season and win the regular season championship, it, it is a hard, difficult thing to swallow. Um, it was frustrating. Um, there's a lot of things that obviously you can point to and say, man, we should have been better here. We should have been better there. We should have, you know, what I, I think it was 17 plays inside the 10. Yeah, and you come away with one touchdown. Yeah, that's that, that's tough, right? right? You come away with four interceptions in the first, you know, in the first half, or, or three, in the, and then one in the second. But 34 yards. How do you hold the team to 34 yards total offense in a, in a half and not win a game? Like yeah. that's the frustrating part. Is like, okay. Uh, you know, their starting field position, everything with the turnovers really killed. But, you know, they fought back. And so there's there's a lot of positives to that game of, look, 34 yards in a whole total half and uh, how many sacks and having the opportunity to even be there and do the things that they did. So that, that's the – it's crushing. It's, it's, it is. It is heartfelt. I was there, there with my boys. Um, you know, took them to the Bedlam game. And from a Bedlam game standpoint, it was the life lessons, the ups, the downs. Oh, my gosh, what's happening in the implosion in the third quarter? And then we come out on top. And so it's like, hey, you get to see – my boys got 11 and 8. Get to see, hey, here, here's what it is to win. The next, you know, next week we go down to the Big 12 championship game and it's ups, downs, it's, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? We're going to quit. We come back. We fight, fight, fight. Get there. And then all of a sudden – Oh, we lose. Right. So seeing both sides of it, you know, there's a lot of things that you can take positive and negative out of it. So, you know, I, I would say that. Uh, I mean, just to kind of take a look at the game, one Baylor's pretty damn good, and I and I've said all season long. Slouch, they're the reason. Right. I mean, reason I, I, I had them. I think in my top three of the power ranking in the Big Twelve after the first couple of weeks, and some of my colleagues in the industry were looking at me like, "What are you talking about?" And I'm like, "Watch, watch that team play." It's, they're technically sound on the offensive and defensive line. They will hit you defensively. They've got a nasty streak to them that Matt Rule installed three years ago mm-hmm. that Dave Aranda has found a way to win the hearts and mind and keep that whole mentality going. The culture down there at Waco is very, very, very good. It is. Like, it they is. believe in their football team. And when they showed up at the Big 12 championship game, they showed up thinking that they could win this game. Like, they had no doubt in their mind that they were going to go out there and kick Oklahoma State's ass. And that's what you saw from the very first whistle of that game. And I honestly think, you know, for the first time, you've got two Rams and they're charging each other and they butt heads in the middle. This is the first time that Oklahoma State left that initial headbutt wounded. 
<laughs> right? And, and, and feeling a little bit dazed and uh, not necessarily knowing how to react to the situation. And I really say the whole first quarter really kind of just felt that way, that the Cowboys were out there getting hit yeah. and not delivering the blows for the first time all season long, right? Right. And so I think that, you know, what you're talking about from a halftime standpoint you got to give Mike Gunny a lot of credit because I think they've been pretty darn good defensively at halftime, making adjustments and finding a way to right the ship and, and correcting any issues they might have. That's exactly what they did. Oklahoma State played their game on Saturday to the best of their ability, and I think that we have to understand that. You, know, you talk about the 17 plays that were uh, within the 10-yard line or whatever that, that statistic is. It's frustrating for sure, but I'm telling you from experience as an offensive lineman, if you don't have the body or the personnel to do it, you just can't. Right. And when you look at, you know, what Baylor brought to the table in the interior of that defensive line and how they improved throughout the year, you know, you're talking about a 350-pound nose guard that's going to play in the NFL who at the end of that game was refusing to come out. He's waving people off on the sideline. I've got this. I'm not going to let them score up the middle here. That was a valiant effort for him. Mm-hmm. I tipped the cat to that, to that kid for the way that he performed in that game. He was exceptional. They could not handle him for four quarters of football. That's why I will always say Jimmy's and Joe's win college football games, not X's and O's. X's and O's help. You can look at the, uh, the, the Oklahoma State defense and tell that right. clearly Jim Knowles has an incredible scheme that those guys are playing great football under. But when it came down to it, they could not move that big fat body, that big ass in the middle of that defense off the line of scrimmage. So, therefore, you can't call those plays that you want to call so sure. often to score from the two-yard line, right? They right. made it impossible. And it's easy for it's easy for the armchair quarterback on Monday to sit there and say, hey, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do this? Why didn't Casey Dunn do this and put a whole bunch of blame on Casey Dunn? But in all reality, you're limiting your playbook for from an off the line. And I've said this from, you know, from the very beginning. And it's not because you're sitting here or because we're in Bing Bowie's, you know, bar. It's games are won and lost in the trenches. 100%. And it is if your offensive line can't get, you know, pressure – or, sorry, if, you're, if your offensive line can't get push and your defensive line can get pressure, vice versa, that's where it's a, it's a huge, huge difference of uh, what happens in the game. Because of the play calling, uh, you couldn't run up the middle. We're, you know, we're playing with a backup center, right? Right. Um, and, and so – He's a sophomore. He, he's not quite there playing against that big 350 guy. I mean, it is a massive deal that he's getting pushed in the first two quarters. He's getting pushed, you know, two, three yards back in the in the, in the backfield. You know, Ben Bowie would never do that. Like, he'd never get pushed back that far. So, it's a, uh, you know, the way I look at it is yeah. it's one or loss. Mm-hmm. It's one or loss on, on that off the line, and that's where we really got hurt. And, and I'm not blaming the off the line. It's, uh, you know, they – Baylor is Baylor. That's why they only have two losses. It's where they beat OU. It's where they're playing in the game for a reason. And, and that is where, you know, everything that they're doing is defensive line based. Keep talking. This is the best part about podcasting. We're just going to make a little audible <laughs> here. As ben, ben just got to uh, CJ Maloney's here. Hold on. There you go, Mr. Bowie. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How's it going? Good, man. Absolutely good. Thank you so much for having us out here. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know, we're, we're just kind of, kind of getting into the Big 12 championship game and the fact that they couldn't move that 350-pound nose guard off the line of scrimmage. And you and I know from experience, as young players in particular, if you didn't have the body to do it, there's no fixing that. There is no, well, maybe try this play and maybe we'll have more success. Like, yeah. it is, it is, it's simple. It's very, very simple. Can you move his fat ass off the line of scrimmage? The answer is no. Well, then it sure as shit is not like, hey, let's throw a defensive lineman in there. Let's help. That'll help. <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, that's just me. You know, right. I, I get paid to get people drunk every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. But, 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I, didn't, I didn't hate that play on the goal line the first time. Right. One, one shot, doesn't work. Let's do something else. Let's right. spread them out and run Spencer in like we do every other time that we get down there. Right. 100%. You know what I mean? At least get him in some space and let him make a play. I agree. That, that's that's the option. one thing that I can complain about more than anything was the, the choice of personnel to get that final shot. Yeah. Like, why wouldn't you give yourself two options here? I mean, I'd almost rather see a sneak. Right. Then, you know. Yeah. I was telling somebody this. You remember that jumbo formation? Yes, the elephant elephant package, (laughs) man. Did we ever not get one? No, I think we had the highest fourth down percentage in college football that year. Anytime that formation was run, we got the yard that we needed. Yeah, the elephant package, they used to bring in a guard, and then they would drop my 340-pound ass into the backfield. I would put my head between the guard and the tackle. Literally, my helmet would be there. They'd snap the ball, and the quarterback would roll out and just follow me through that hole. No Just kind of almost like roll over on top of the guard. Basically. That's and he it. would just slide forward for about a yard, and we yep. got it. I, I Every think it was single 100%. Time. I don't ever Yeah, I think we either. literally had the highest fourth down percentage in college football that year running that play. Well, and see, Gundy, I, Gundy was there for that. I can even see yeah. I, I can even see it from a standpoint of just – I remember watching during kind of an inter-squad scrimmage of you and Lawrence Pinson going head-to-head. Oh, head yeah. head oh when they tried to hand you the ball. And they tried to hand <laughs> you the ball. That was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I got knocked out. Yeah, you guys both did. You both in the training room. both had yeah. to go see the trainer after yeah. the play, which yeah. is, you know, I mean, but that's smash mouth, off the line, jumbo package, elephant package that you came in, and it was – why, why not, right? Why not yeah. bring in that extra? Yeah. I'll never forget when Les called that play. He was like, I'm going to let you, you know Les was. I'm going to let you score this year. I'm like, no, I don't <laughs> want to do that. I don't want the football. No. I'm good with I just, just doing it the normal him. way. Yeah. So he convinces me to try this in practice. This was in camp, right? It was like August. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he convinces me to try it. And so I had to back up just a little bit more, and now the quarterback's going to reverse out and hand me the ball. Yeah. I'm like, cool. So I get this ball. I'm running. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm going to score in a game. No, and it was like Mack truck hole. Oh, a huge hole. And I'm like, this is the greatest thing. And then all of a sudden I look up, and there's old 99. And I'm thinking, this is not not what I signed up for. That's not a a high school linebacker. And I'm I'm certainly not going to, like, he's not going to hit me hard, is he? Like, that's what, these are all going through my, that dude rocked me. I was out before I hit the ground, I'm pretty sure. Oh, and naturally, with Les, we do that good on good. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're not going to try <laughs> no, to get the, the scout team. team. Like, yes. If it's going to work, it's yeah. got to work against the dudes. Yeah, so we had two starters out for like four days of camp that year. because well, we, of, You did get the first down, though. I mean, I, that, yeah, that and luckily my either. belly button was so big, it sucked the football back up yeah. when I fumbled it. Because right. I fumbled it immediately. Yeah, nobody's seen that ball. In right. There. And that everybody, that's what everybody, so you know we can't run that, that play in a game. Well, Coach, I don't want to, but you know we can't because you fumbled the ball. And I was like, that's my first handoff ever. ever. I've say. been fat since I was six. No yeah. one ever tried to hand me the ball before. You were uh, a two-striper from the very beginning. God, I'll never forget. That, that deal. Memories, right? Yeah. That's oh, probably yeah. where my yeah. CTE started right there yeah, in that sure. moment. Well, so, see, I, I, in I joke. Concussion corner underneath the, uh, underneath the tarp. Oh, yeah. We just line up and just maul each other yes. under the tarp. The good, those five yard space in between us, right? See, but, I don't know if you've ever heard this story, and I don't know if you ever have. I get asked all the time, like, okay, what's the hardest hit you've ever had, you know, playing football? And I didn't start until my sophomore year in high school, I didn't really play a position, if you will. So, for me, I always joke about how uh, it was uh, Texas Tech, um, senior Tatum, you know, Ben, Ben just opens up this hole. Here comes, he, I think you pancaked a kid. Tatum goes 95 yards, 97 yeah, yeah, yards, yeah, the towards, yeah, I remember that. And, and ends up, <coughs> Ben is. Ben's running off, and I always joke, Ben's got this. He, he runs here with his arms, oh, yeah. not here. Yeah, it's very T-Rex. <laughs> so ben, ben was running off, and he, he's coming across the field going to uh, – I can't believe I'm saying this on, on, on podcast because it's kind of forever, right? So um, Ben's actually running off over and off the line. I'm running off, you know, opposite side going to uh, kick the PAT, and, and I'm 
pumped up. I was the biggest cheerleader we had probably, and Ben's running off, and, you know, I go up and jump up and headbutt him, and he headbutts me back, and I go down there to kick, and I can't see anything from here up. It's oh, all black no. and just stars. So Sky, Sky Ryland was my holder at the time, and he sits there and says, he's like, hey, you ready? And I was like, yeah. And so I have to completely look up Stop. so I can see where I'm kicking. How do I have never heard this story before? So, well, it's not, it's not exactly a fun story for me to tell. <laughs> Right, but since Ben's here, uh, and so it was one of those things. I was kind of seeing stars. It was kind of like, oh crap, here we go. So, put it down. I could see my spot. Go ahead and kick it. It's a terrible kick, but it goes through. And you know, it was one of those things. So, everyone asked me like, hey, what's the hardest? It was that was hit? the moment. That was a moment by my own player. Right. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, celebrating was my my hardest Friend, hit. Friendly fire. Friendly yeah, fire. That's so, a specialist story right? if I've ever heard one. That's a kicker story. That's a kicker story. That's fantastic. So, yeah. But, well, the. Uh, you know, obviously they, they find a way to lose that game. We don't get into the semifinal game. We don't win a Big 12 championship. You mentioned this as we got started that, you know, OSU fans very much have like a PTSD feeling. It's like we we're waiting for uh, this letdown. And I, it's it's way older than me. Like, you guys are from Oklahoma, so you yeah. you know this. You know, I've been here 20 years. My Oklahoma State experience consists of, uh, you know, one four-game season and less miles put a rocket up our asses, and next thing you know, we're, you know, this is where we are today. The stadium's built in. So I've never known Oklahoma State to, to be what everybody Any else different. has experienced. And so I'm, I'm my, and I think that's why my expectations are so high. Like, I get pissed. I'm mad right now. Like, they've got top ten facilities, and you got to give Gundy credit. He's recruiting well this season. They sure as shit played well this season. This is where Oklahoma State football should, all, should always be, in my opinion, because of everything that's been done has pointed in this direction. Like, there's no reason they shouldn't be consistently better. And I know he's won a bunch of games right now. I know he has, right? I get that about them. But it's like you sh- you're just this close to right. just just go through the fucking window. Just go through it and take what what's so close to being there. And they failed uh, this season. I can't even be mad at Mike about it because it's like you overachieved so much. Yeah, you know? If you'd have asked me after the Tulsa game. Oh, yeah. That we should have lost. After the Southwest Missouri game or Missouri, whatever the hell they're called now. If, which we could have lost. Yep. The Boise game, which we could have lost. If we would be 11-2, and two, right. I'd have bet it everything I got. Wife, right. kids, house, yard. All of it. I'll put it all on the line. <laughs> that we won't be no way Those dudes are not winning 11 games. Right. I, I literally, no after, after that third game, after the Boise game, I was literally looking at the schedule going, God, how are we going to get to a bowl Do this year? Do we get year? to a bowl? Do we That's get what to a I was bowl? thinking, too. Do we too. get six? Now, like, now, where, where are we going to well, find once we six? Had some, like in Boise, once we had some sparks in running game, I'm like, okay. Right. Now, that's some football there. We kind of got lucky with some calls and the breaks and kind of went our way. Yeah. But I was like, well, I mean, maybe, we, you know, we'll be Kansas. We'll be, you know, we'll get seven games. And then the defense just like, no, nah, we're just going to win them all, bro. Yeah. Right. It's, been, it's been incredible watching that group uh, perform, which you can kind of segue into <laughs> – the re- another reason OSU fans have PTSD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Knowles no longer the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State. He's headed to Columbus to take on the uh, job there at Ohio State. None of us, the three of us sitting here, we're all college football fans. We understand that when Ohio State calls, you go. There wasn't an option for Jim Knowles. Mm-hmm. It's closer yeah. to home. They're going to a shit ton of money, and this is one of the blue bloods, right? One of the best yep. jobs in all of college football. So that is what it is. The question is, how do you take this lightning that they have bottled up in Stillwater and maintain it, right? Who's the next guy? And for me, you know, I, I think it's you try to look within the staff, right? Agree, yeah. Because because this is not – Oklahoma State's got some incredible athletes. There's no doubt about it. But none of those dudes were offered by Alabama. Right. None of those dudes were offered by – They so, were developed in yes, that system. Yes, clearly absolutely. some shit is happening in Stillwater. Yeah. yeah. 
that it's in the water. Well, right? those dudes you know? believe. You yes, know, when they the, believe. When the twos come in on mop-up duty, you know, oh yeah, a big win, those guys are playing. Absolutely. Yeah. They they believe they're good. You yeah. know, and, and our defense had been like that since K-Dub was there. Yeah, it's yeah. been a long you know time I mean? since they had that kind of attitude. Two words, Rob Glass. Yeah. To me, it, it all comes down. I mean, you, you could give it all – a lot has to do with Rob Glass coming as a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, it's, it's where it's where Venables goes and gets a Smitty back, right? Right. Like it comes down to there. I mean, like when I first got there, and I'm a couple years older than you guys. But when I first got there, I was doing the exact same lifts as a kicker. Oh yeah. That the offensive line was doing, oh, that yeah. the defensive line was doing, that the DBs were doing. Everything was exactly the same. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And. It was the football program. It was the you football were, program. This is yeah. what you do. And right. it, it quarterbacks was, had a kind of a different deal, but that was it. Hey, but Nobody it was else nothing. Was on the same program. But it was nothing, mm-hmm. you know, position specific to where, you know, from a, uh, oh, I couldn't even tell you what the machine is, but it's it's the punch up machine, the jammer, the yeah. hammer strength stuff, the hammer yeah. strength stuff, right? Like, what is that good for me? No. Like, what, who am I ever going to do this to somebody? Right. right. But it's great for you guys. Might have been coming in handy on that field goal thing, stuffing <laughs> your ass up a little bit. Right, that shouldn't have gone out of bounds. Right, should have run him over. Uh, but it, yeah, I mean that's one of those things. I think Rob Glass has got such a hand in this, and that's one of the things of, of where strength and conditioning coaches get so much, uh, should get so much more praise than they already do. But you get a Jim Knowles, you come in there. What do you, you know? And I said this the other day: is okay. Hey, Jim Knowles is leaving. Do you hire from within? Do you go try to find somebody else? Gundy's done a pretty good job of going out and finding another coordinator, especially on the offensive side. Right. A lot of people don't like Urich, but guess what? Urich had four top ten offenses. It's not like he was some slouch. And guess what? Ohio State came calling. Went to Ohio State. Didn't necessarily work out. Okay. To me, when you go out, you either trust Gundy to bring somebody in, but if you go out and you find somebody like Houston's defense coordinator, Belk or whatever the guy's name is, if you get him, does he try to bring his own guys? How does that right. affect the players that you already have there and the recruits that you're going you know, after and everything else before right. this you know, signing day? I, I think you've got to keep a hold on it with somebody from the inside. I agree. Especially even if, if, if you've got a bunch year. of those guys that are coming back. Right. I'd agree. You know what I mean? Which Let's, a bunch of those dudes are coming back. They said they're yes. coming back. So I think in order to kind of keep that momentum going, it almost has to be a guy from within inside. I, right. In the age of the of the defense also helps here, right? You're talking; they had 13 dudes that were 21 or above, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and a bunch of those guys are coming back next year. So you, t- you're, it's not like you got a bunch of uh, young kids out there making rookie mistakes. I mean, these are these are veterans. These right. are, pro- I mean, they've got a professional mindset in the way they look at football. I would say even if it's just for a year, you give somebody on staff an opportunity to maintain whatever they had there in Stillwater. I think you do that because, yeah. then, and then it gives you a year to kind of. Take it all in, survey the landscape, and really get a short list of people you want to bring in, you know, based off of the talent that you have. Let's see how they do in this recruiting class, which I think they're going to do a lot better in this class than they have in the past, which is good. So I'm, I'm here with you. I think that inside would probably be the way to go because I don't watch Oklahoma State's defense play and think, man, look at those athletes flying around the field. I'm like, that defense is incredible. Right. It's not just one of them. It's all of them. No, and even right. when one person makes the tackle, you can look at five other dudes and be like, he had a great wide-open shot at that kid because you all did your job too. Right. That's hard to find in college right. football today, especially defensively because everybody wants to be a damn star. Right. Everybody wants to be Aaron Donald. No one wants to play a true you know, Kelly Gregg nose guard. No one wants to do that. Right. They just want to get out there and rush the passer. And those guys played their roles perfectly. It's like old school college basketball. Like when people really yes, basketball, absolutely like three passes to get the best shot. You that's know what I right. Mean? Everybody do your job, yeah, and, and the shots are going to be there. And that's what they did. That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, and you think about it too. I mean, like okay, you lose, you lose Malcolm Rod, right? So he he's gone. Rodriguez is gone just because I think he's been a super senior. You know, he's already. like such the pulse of that defense too. Like his gritty ass in there mixing. Yeah. 
yeah. up. You're not running through his arms. Right. Not now, not never. Ever. Nope. <laughs> I mean, just like blue-collar-ass attitude with yep. that guy. Yeah. I mean, I love watching him play. But you still yeah. get a Malcolm – or you still get a uh, Brock Martin coming back. Right. Right, who's already said he's coming back. You still have Colin Oliver, who's a freshman All-American. That dude's a freak. Right. So, but he's here's what everybody – Yeah. It's hard for me to sit here and think of two years ago. It's how do you – oh, my gosh, how do you replace a Trace Ford? Right. Right? Well – Guess what? Trace Ford's coming back. Like he's been through his injuries, he's he's rehabbing, he's done all that stuff. Colin Oliver made us forget about that, right? Right. And so now you get, okay, hey, you got a Colin Ford, you, or Colin Oliver, and a Trace Ford on the other side. You get a Brock Martin in there. I mean, like now you're really starting to, okay, hey, now we're not only developing, but like you said, the two is coming in for mop up duty. Right. There is no letdown. That's the biggest right. thing between Oklahoma State and a lot of other major blue blood type programs right. is it's not the first guy can't compete. It's that second guy that that comes in for the breather that can't compete as well with that four or five star guy from OU or from Texas or from whoever. That's where we've always faltered. Right, right. Is that second guy? So well, in the, the D line specifically, you know, I mean, you got five guys to block four, so you can only use two on one dude. You know, so you got four dudes that can hook up. Like, right. You know, you're in trouble. Yep. And, and that's the thing for us. And in having that that linebacking core being able to come in, having those safeties. Uh, being able to come down and help with a run game, but in it, 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 like you said, it's a team thing. If our defensive line can't get to and can't get pressure on the quarterback, he's got all day, and now our DBs are going to get beat. Now our DBs look better because we get to because we're getting there, we're getting pressure, right. we're moving him out of the pocket, getting his eyes downfield, taking away things. So it, it it is that complete team defense. So my question is, okay, you hire from within. Right, we we went through this between Dunn and Henson, mm-hmm. right, and that's a tough, tough, tough thing. Is Henson's been a coordinator before? He's phenomenal at what he does. Great recruiter. Who do you promote within? Is it a D line in? Um, oh, like G Rich? Not, yeah. not not a G Rich, but the the other guy. I'm, I can't believe I'm just going I'm blank. blanking. Also, um, but the D, the other D line coach that that's there with G Rich, right? Mm-hmm. G Rich can kind of take over more responsibility, and then you get him, you know, stepping up, right? You know, or is it a is it a Tim Duffy, the DB's coach, who's been so phenomenal, right? I mean, like if you're going to hire from within, who is it? Right. right? Mm-hmm. You also have a Gary Gibbs who's been a defensive analyst, yeah. you know, who's been helping, who's obviously coached and done well and, and things. I think the only way that you could potentially hire from outside of the program is if it's somebody, and I know it's kind of a wish list, but is if you go get a Gary Patterson. He and Gunny are great friends. They always talk about getting together. He comes on a defense coordinator. I don't think he's bringing any other guys with him. I think he studies the shit pretty quickly. So, to me, if you can't get a Gary Patterson, then you go with who from inside. Yeah. I, just, I don't know that Patterson's the kind of guy that's going to go back to a coordinator job. I don't know that about him either, and I, I don't also know that Patterson is the kind of guy that's going to take, you know, things have changed in college football in the last two years. Uh, Patterson, he just kind of walks this line that you're like, man, are you going to get are you going to get canceled tomorrow? Yeah. Are you going to, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, he's just a little, he's a little, sure. but I don't want to say old. He just hasn't progressed as well as right. maybe a Saban has or some of these older coaches sure. that acknowledge well, like that college Knowles. football has changed. I mean, I, mean, I think they're probably right. about the same age. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But I mean, you but think you, 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 t- you talk to that guy and like, he's with it, you know, he's, yeah. he's in it. Well, it's the cigar. It's the cool. It's bringing the guys up to the podium yeah, with him. Right. Like he gets it from that player standpoint. And I don't I, know that Gary's there, but I he's always a lot of that well. is, is probably his level too. Like Knowles has been a coordinator. You, right. You're you're more in close contact with young people longer like that than when you're in that CEO type position. I would also say that there, there's a 
to me, there's a real kind of a guarantee that Oklahoma State defense is going to be good next year just based off the personnel that's coming yeah, back. just the dudes. Right, so it's like you bring in a Patterson and let him do it for a year. I mean, we had Mike Jacobs as freshman as our, as our offensive line coach. He was there for one season before he took another job as a coordinator somewhere else. Like, do you bring in Patterson for one season, which is what it would be? Yeah. Let him take the success of a defense that's going to be successful anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or so, do some you... sort of something like that? You know, maybe you could but, swing that. But yeah. didn't you talk about earlier, right? You'd say, hey, bring in one, you know, for a year or two, really steady yeah. step with these guys, everything else, get the recruiting, and then get your short list together. Maybe that's his your answer to be able to be able to, if if that happens because I've heard that Gary, that Patterson's trying to be an assistant or help out with Texas football, right? right? So it's like if he's willing to come, and I know he and Gundy have always got along. They've always joked about getting together from what everything I understand. So why not bring a Gary Patterson who's right. been a head coach in the Big 12, understands where things are. He's always recruited well from the defensive side of the ball. You know, maybe that's something that studies the ship. Maybe it doesn't. Again, maybe that's a wish list because, like you said, he's used to being a head coach. Can he drop down and have, uh, you know, a defense coordinator role? Who knows? That That's something that I think, it, you know, if you don't ask, the answer is always no. Right. Um, I, I think maybe that's something that – and I don't think Gary Patterson is young enough to say, hey, you know what, this is going to be a stepping stone type job, that he's going to leave – if he's extremely happy doing what he's doing, making a million, million three or whatever they offered Knowles to come in and do it. I don't yeah, know. I think that's another deal that, that OSU has to look at. Like, who, who, who are we going to be? Are we going to be happy with being top of the middle, you know, which right. is kind of where we've been for a while now? Or do we want to take that next step? Because if we're going to take that next step, then the money thing can't be the thing that holds us back. 100%. you got to be able to offer Jim $2 million. Yeah, and Mike you know said I mean? that. He was so good in the final press conferences leading up to that bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like, I was amazed by how calm, cool, and collected and decisive he was with his words, quietly but with a firm hand letting the administration know, what are we going to do with this thing? Yeah. Do you want to take it to the next step? Well, somebody's going to offer him some money. We somebody's know it's offer coming. Him some money. That's exactly right. You know. And I, I don't, once again, you know, I think the Ohio State thing probably saves us if we're having to really dive into that conversation sure. because it is the Buckeyes, but you're 100% right. The money thing can't be a problem. I think the thing that I probably would do if I'm looking outside of the program is think about recruiting first here because of what we already know to be true about that defense. They're going to be good next year. And so now if you go get a kid from the SEC in the South that has connections in recruiting, and Mike Gundy in the back of his mind goes, I've got a team I'm going to hand you that I know you're going to have success with. You lift this dude's confidence up as a coach, and now he's bringing in personnel that's going to help you win football games. Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, what was that? Walter Thomas. Yeah. Remember Big, Big Walt? Walt? Yeah. Hold the, the kid gets off the bus at six foot four, four hundred pounds, and ran like a four eight at the Nike All Star Camp. Right, deep south. I don't know where, what state he was from, but it was incredible watching him. Like that's the kind of player that you got to be able to bring into these places sure. today. You got to go get some dudes. So I'm here for youth. I'm here for Southern connections as far as the SEC is, country is concerned. I mean, I saw Tulane in person this year. Tulane had a nose guard, and I'm like, why didn't he play at Oklahoma State? Right. Why is he at Tulane right, right. now when he could have absolutely played at Oklahoma State? We're not that far far from that area of the country to, to get some kids to come out and play. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird situation for sure. Obviously, a lot of OSU fans are upset about it. But the one thing that we do have to be excited about, man, Notre Dame. That's a big deal. That's a huge, huge deal. deal. And, and honestly, if you look at it objectively – I'm not sure we're getting into the playoff if we beat Baylor. That's you know? what we're, yeah. I mean, like, it, maybe we'd leapfrog Cincinnati, but, like, I have a hard time believing that they would take them out undefeated after right. they already beat Notre Dame. You know, I just don't think they do it. Right. So, 
we're probably playing in the Sugar Bowl, which is not necessarily better than playing in the Fiesta Bowl against right. Notre Dame, honestly. Right. Because, like, you know, playing Ole Miss, like, we, we've seen that Struggle. movie. We've seen that movie a couple times. <laughs> no you know? doubt. God. Yeah. So I, I mean, I wouldn't. Have, I think I probably would have preferred this year's version of Old Miss than yeah, the one that we well, played. Well, I mean, you know, uh, Eli was pretty talented. <laughs> yeah, there's no doubt about that. That dude was incredible. I, I always tell people the story that he. I want to say he audible to three or four ISOs. Remember this? Like we're on the sidelines watching him play. He audibled the three or four ISOs in that game on his own, and then it counted for like 120 yards. Yeah. Like whoever the offensive coordinator was in 2002, whenever that was, we played Eli Manning. That dude didn't work. He yeah. just let that kid go out there and just yeah. run the offense. It was incredible. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a top-five Notre Dame team. It's a team that's also got a pretty defensive mindset. I would say their offense has got some of the same questions that Oklahoma State does as far as consistency is concerned. You kind of like it, right, a little bit. I want to say Notre Dame is favored in this game uh, maybe by two or something like that yeah, to when it first got I've started. It's almost a pick em. But this, to me, sounds like it's going to be one of the better bowl games that we get in, in this year's season for sure. Right. For sure. Well, I mean, you also – I was going to say, you also look at from a Notre Dame standpoint, it is college football, right? Like, you get movies made after it. You – you know, everybody knows Notre Dame. It's the Catholics, you know, and it's that Golden Dome, right? right. And so everybody knows who Notre Dame is, what they're doing. Uh, I think it's kind of interesting that they lost their head coach and Brian Kelly going to I mean, that shit is just nuts to me. Yeah, right? now you, wild, right? Like, Lincoln was wild, but, like, leave Notre Dame. Like, is insane. When you're playing for a playoff spot. Right. Like, that's – I mean – that's even wilder. It kind of lets you know that Notre Dame's not going to pay anybody. You just kind of like UCLA basketball. Remember when they first got started looking for a coach, they didn't pay anybody? Yeah. They're like, you want to come coach here at UCLA? Right. Brian Kelly was like, well, LSU's got a boatload of money and a whole bunch of kids in the South that I know can play football. I'm taking right. that. It was. Ins- I mean, when you look at OU and Notre Dame, they had three combined losses this year. Right. Both in the top ten. Yeah. Insanity! What's yeah. happened to college football? With as far as the amount of money that's concerned, but it's the game that they have to play now. It is. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, you like the fact that Gundy is is the guy. You like the fact that Notre Dame is is bringing in a new head coach. Things that, as much as somebody on the staff from within. Still, things have changed just a little bit. You know, I wonder how everybody's focused there. I also am curious about Notre Dame's transfer portal because there are bound to be some kids that don't want like to change and want to do something different. You know, I I think that Notre Dame has got way more distraction. Uh, than, than Oklahoma State does. Even though Oklahoma State lost a coordinator, it's on that part of the defense or the, the, the team that the defense is just mentally, they're all in regardless right. of who's right. calling the plays. You know what I mean? So like they're the last group I'm worried about with this football team. So I, I'm here for it. I think it's a great matchup. I'm, I'm going to drive down to San Antonio with uh, my little kids and fiance and check out uh, OU and then hop in a truck and drive out to uh, the Tempe to check out the Cowboys. I think this is an Oklahoma State win for sure. I think it's going to be really interesting. We go back 10 years, obviously, 2011, when we go out there and beat Stanford and Luck. Man, it's going to be a game, and it's going to be kind of what we talked about earlier is Baylor was the first team that I think really stepped up, came in and punched us in the mouth. And what Mike Tyson said is everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth, right? And then it goes right. out the window. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think how how do they prepare after losing Knowles, especially from defensive standpoint, those guys really loved them. How do they prepare for everything? Gundy's done pretty well in bowl games. Um, I think going out there and realizing, hey, this is a business trip still, uh, but enjoying the, the time down in Tempe and, and the PlayStation Bowl and things like that, does it give Dunn a little bit more time to prepare and, and throw some things out there? Obviously, you know, it, that's going to be a huge step. But, I, I yeah, I'm with you. Maybe maybe it's the orange-colored glasses that I got on, but I see us I see us winning this game. Yeah, I think it's low scoring. I mean, yeah, let's not get that wrong. I mean, right. I, I think that's – got to give – you know, we talk about the defense all day today. You have to give Gundy, 
done. Uh, uh, Dickey, is that the, the offensive line coach? You have to give yes. them a bunch of credit for what they've done this year. Ben and I were part of an offensive line as seniors that we lost one tackle. We had four returners. Mm-hmm. Three of them were all conference players. We lost one tackle. And one of them was a freshman All-American. And we could not do a damn thing. Do you remember this? Yeah. It was the craziest thing I have to this day that I've ever seen in the football team. You have four returning starters, and all four of them are badasses. And you have one missed tackle, and it screwed up our whole ability to run an offense for the entire season. No man protection. We were slide protection, wedge protection a lot. Like, it was a complete disaster. So, for Gundy has been masterful for 15 years at damage control. He will take an offensive line that's got holes all through it and find a way to get it done. So I got to give that group a lot of credit for the way they have competed this year because after watching the first two games, I'm thinking this is terrible. What is going to happen here? Yeah. What are they going to do with that right. group? And they found a way. So shout out to Mike and, and that staff for that uh, for sure. I would say, you know, with this month off, you get the offensive line healthy. There's a big difference in that final game of the regular season. And then, you know, you got 30 days to recoup, get your legs back underneath you. Jalen coming back. Yeah. Too, yeah. Yeah. So, so I feel like they'll the be center. up. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you might you, get the center back. No too. one. I forgot to even mention that about the center being out in the yeah. Big 12 championship game, yeah. that that hurts. Yeah. That hurts. Rarely do you have a comp. Like, we had Bowie uh, as a starter, and Aiken backed him up, and Chris right. was fantastic at it. Yeah. Rarely do you have a center that's behind the starter that is capable of going in there right. and managing a game that we way. Had, of course, we had Noble that could stand in and play like Aiken. Right, right. and Noble can stand. We, we had dudes in the interior, multiple of them. Right. Even Seyfried, yeah. as a young player, could have came in and right. at least it did something for us. Yeah. Right. So it was uh, that 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 hurt a lot. You know, you ever starting center in that game, maybe things change just a little bit. So I think they get everybody back healthy in this game, and I, I think it's it's one that we are pretty impressed uh, with the way the Oklahoma State competes. This has been an awesome year. It's been a great year for Mike Gundy on the field. It's been a great year for Mike Gundy off of the field. You've got players across the, this uh, team getting national respect. Uh, you got young players coming in. People are talking about the Presley kid, a Bigsby wins Gatorade player of the year this year. Right. I mean, Oklahoma State football, as far as the national standing is concerned, I can't really complain. The, the conversation now has to switch to what Mike said a couple of weeks ago, and I'm thrilled about it to hear it out of his voice is, what's next? Yeah. We can't lose the momentum. Let's go ahead and continue this thing through. It would obviously help with a big bowl game against the Notre Dame Final Irish. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you what, if we had any recruits in the stadium at that Bedlam game. Which we did. I mean, that was uh, huge. I, I would venture to say that's the rowdiest I've ever seen that stadium. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was insane. Uncorked. I'm not really a rah-rah jump-up-and-down guy, and my ass was jumping up and down. Oh, so, yeah. I mean. You feel it, the energy, man. I oh, forgot man. it. I forgot I just, the difference. I get the, the goosebumps right now just thinking about it. Yeah, I was there for Tulsa, you know, and or not for Tulsa, but for uh, TCU with the blackout. Yeah. I felt the same way. It was That's like, such a cool vibe. I it, thought absolutely. It, was, it turned out so cool. I sit in the stands because I'm a lunatic and I can't help but yell. I got kicked out of the press box. Remember when Bradford jumped into the end zone? Yeah. Kevin Clintonworth kicked me out of the press box because I said, son of a bitch, loud. Yeah, when uh, he did that. And so I haven't been back up there since. Uh, but I'm sitting at the Jumbotron, and I got tears in my eyes just remembering, you know, what that felt like. But the, like, we had the crowd behind us at yeah. that time because no one thought we were worth a shit. And all of a sudden, we're the toughest little team in the Big 12 that just happened to be the best conference in college football. Right. right? I mean, right. that's so – so we were right – just like this team, we were right up Oklahoma State fans' alley. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't sexy. It was like, watch those boys who get in a street fight. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so – this, I got that same vibe from this team this season, and, and I absolutely love that about them. And I think that they'll be able to – as long as you can continue that mentality, right, be that tough guy team, and uh, I think the future is bright because Gundy seems to be focused on it, man, and I'm, I'm thrilled about that. Yeah. And, and, you know, this year of all years, 
like I'm thankful for Gundy that like he's not trying to use us as a stepping stone. You know right. what I mean? Like you have like a little bit of like, oh, all right, we got our dude now. Like absolutely, he's, he's not going to SC. You know, right? That some bitch got enough money anyway. Yep. And and his name wasn't even out for a job, which right. lets you know that he didn't release it. Right. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a six year right. period. I feel like we went through where his name was up for every job, and I would get so mad on the radio because it's like I know that he's throwing his name out there for that job. Right. The Baylor job coming off the largest sex scandal in college athletics history. Right. And Gundy's name is up for the job. Right. I'm like, are you – I'm throwing out the birds. Like, yeah, right. take the job. We don't Wait, want you anyway. So didn't, yeah. he fire, didn't he fire his agent? Yes. Am I dreaming that? I think he fired his agent. So, so I think he's – I was going to say, a lot of that has got to do with the agent saying, hey, yeah. what about Gundy? He's doing right. this at OSU. Look right. what he can do here. Right. So, I mean, a lot of it is also – because that agent doesn't make money without Gundy making money, right? right. And so, obviously, if he can go get him a new deal and get him making more money, it's going to make more money for the agent. And I know it shouldn't be that way, but it is, it's, you know, it's a business. And right. that's where, you know, I've always said this since since I graduated from OSU, or actually before I even graduated. I went on scholarship for the first two and a half years. I kicked that entire first year, went 16 of 18, did, you know, career game with Bedlam. I literally go in, and I'm still not on scholarship. And Miles comes in and tells me, hey, great job in our exit interviews. So say, hey, great, not a big deal. Congratulations. Well, coach, you know, you know, I performed everything else. Would love to get on scholarship. He's like, yeah, we just don't have one right now. We're, we're saving one for another office lineman. I said, okay, great. And, and you know, I, I have all these backstories, but it's um, my parents growing up in Tulsa knew some of the basketball donors and knew Eddie Sutton pretty well. Apparently, Eddie Sutton went in there and uh, had a talk with Miles. And literally, I see him. You know, it, two days later, I ended up getting a scholarship. That's right? awesome. He pulls me in. Yeah. See Eddie Sutton in the hallway two year, you know, two weeks later, and he says, "Hey, did you ever did you get that scholarship? I had a good talk with Miles." And I was like, "What?" And so finally, I found out through my parents and through my grandmother's friends that she, you know she passed away when I was in high school, but that were still there. They were, you know, that's how I got my scholarship, right? I mean, it is a, it's nothing more than a business. Right. In college football, we can sit here and we have our, we bleed orange because we, we literally bled, right? It is, it's such a, people are pissed at Lincoln Riley, right, for going out to USC. Well, oh, you could have paid him, right? But he's tripping over four or five-star guys going, you know, in his three miles commute to the office every single time. Right. He's not doing that here in Oklahoma. Right. We love Oklahoma kids. I'm an Oklahoma kid. He's not tripping over four or five-star kids getting to the office. And so he can dominate a Pac-12 kind of like he's done with the Big 12, right? He doesn't have to go into the SEC if everything I've heard is SEC is different from a recruiting standpoint, from a donor standpoint, from an expectation standpoint. And if he's not going to go in and he doesn't have the recruits and he doesn't have the people to be able to get to OU, which is a crazy thing to say because right. he's recruited nationally, if he doesn't have that defensive mentality, tough mentality that it takes to play in the SEC – I get why he went to USC. I, I right. mean, I think 100% he's a back, back, 12, back, whatever the fuck you call it now. Back 12? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 12, I mean, I, yeah. I think he goes out there. They're all down. Oregon's losing their head coach to Miami, of all yeah. places that's been down. He can own that conference in two years. And oh, yeah. 100%. And be in the playoff perennially. Right. Know, especially if they expand it. Yeah. You know, you're I'll, in. I'll be curious to see what he does with, with – USC has been essentially irrelevant for a decade. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like, it's the, – they've bottomed out. And I think what this call probably sounds like more than anything from USC is honesty. One, we're going to give you a long-term deal because right. we, we no longer have the ability to act like we're better than others. Mm-hmm. Our brand has bottomed out. 
let's can we we need your brand to get our brand off the floor. Right. So Riley's like, Fuck, well, hell yeah, I'm going to take everything that I've done here, my two Heisman's, my semifinal appearances, and I'm going to head on out there to the West where they are happy to have me. Right. Versus mm-hmm. I have to be happy to have the job. Right. Right. That's the difference here, and so yeah. I think it's a way easier position that he's in, easier for him, his family, recruiting aspect. You're 100 right. Lincoln Riley made a young man's decision. Like, he just did. He's, he's, he's not even 40 yet. He's younger than all of us right. in that position. So he's like, I'm, of course I'm going to go out to California with my family and do, and do this. So I don't blame him for making a decision at all. Sure. I find it interesting that he did it the way that he did, and he did it to the University of Oklahoma, yeah. which is like, you know, as much as we're OSU guys, we would all, we're all college football fans. We all acknowledge that that brand is historic, yeah. right? The pedigree is historic. It's right up there with the Buckeyes, right up there with the Tide. And so it was interesting to watch old Mule Shoe Texas you know, basically just, just ram- ramrod him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it was like, holy shit, he really did that. I mean, I can't lie that I got just a little bit of joy from <laughs> it. Right? I, I agree 100%. And that's the that's the thing, though, is like he can go out there. And, and, you know, national media will tell you, yes, OU's OU. Right. But they'll also tell you USC's USC. Right. Like, they are a blue blood, right? They are everything of the early 2000s that everybody remembers right. and, and prior. It, to me, it's a lateral job for, I think, more money. Right. I don't know the statistics of it yet. Well, but you, look, when you think about, like, Pete Carroll days, when you got movie stars on the sidelines oh, yeah. and shit like that. When they're think great, about the NIL great. stuff. Yeah. you got the opportunities that, you know, I, mean, I bet he sees the dollar signs in the wall. I agree. He's no. a young guy, forward-thinking, oh, yeah. you know. I mean, but, I mean, the reality is not one kid that he recruits remembers any of that. That's true. We do. Yeah. Right. But not and one kid that recruits, yeah, and he does. Because you know, they right? were three, four years old, yeah. right? I mean, like, and I, I, yeah. it makes it sound old, but that's the truth. Is But like I said, he's tripping over four or five-star guys that are USC people because yeah. people out in California remember USC. They right. remember what it was. Right. And, and that's where they remember who Reggie Bush is. They remember seeing Will Ferrell and them on the sidelines and, and the fight on and, and Matt Leinart. And, I mean, like, you see all these guys, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, how many other people, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, right? I mean, how many people that are on national media today right. were former USC players? Right. I mean, on that team. Yeah, a right. bunch of them. A you bunch know, of so them. You're still getting some of that. It's it's like you look at Kirk or Herb Street, you know, and you look at, uh, oh, um, the Michigan guy. Um, Harbaugh? No. He's, oh, he's on, uh, on, he's, on um, game day. Yes. Heisman Desmond Trophy, Howard. Desmond Howard. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you look at those guys, and when you look at them, you think, oh, he, he's Michigan. He's Ohio, Ohio State, State. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. How many times do you see? Hey, oh, there's oh, there's Oklahoma State out there, right? right, right. Hey, there's uh, there's a Kentucky guy. No, you don't, because yeah. that's where they played, and that's what these kids are watching: is ESPN, the Twitters, the Facebooks, yeah. the hashtags, Instagrams, whatever's you know out there now. <laughs> well, you guys see that fucking cup rally thing they threw for me? Oh, that, that was, was embarrassing. That was that cringy. That, that was, was some cringy right? shit, yeah. man. Like I watched it that four was, or five times before I decided that it was real. Right. And they weren't just trying to recreate an SNL skit. Yeah, no, right. yeah. no, we were waiting for the Spartan cheerleaders. Right. Like, you know, I was waiting for Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, where's yes. Will Ferrell coming out in this? Like, this is a joke. And, yeah. And then you see, oh, you put on theirs, right. right? And it was, you have all these chairs, you have the the WWE fireworks, you have everything that goes along with it that made it, you know, spectacular. Well, and say what you will about the Sooners, but that fucking song is catchy. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, my wife's a Sooner. Yeah, you know, uh, so pandemic. You know, we got to wash your hands, sing happy birthday. Well, she taught my daughter to sing it. Oh you know, like, no! Uh, this is the worst thing. God, about me, honestly. Yeah, yeah. my my but, fiance is you know, new to Oklahoma, so when she first got here, she the people that she knew were Sooner fans. Yeah. So she's kind of like that's where she knows her college football yeah. is with OU. 
Uh, so I took all of her OU T-shirts, and I either threw them away or hid them yeah. from her. Uh, she's making the transition well. I got cussed out after the Big 12 championship game. Uh, basically, she said, this is what you brought to the table. Like, I'm a part of this now because you put me here. Yeah. She was legitimately mad about uh, that, that, <laughs> that loss for sure. But, yeah, I, I get the whole having the sooner in the household, man. So it's, let me ask you guys this, because I get this a lot too, is, is what can, as former players, right, what can we do to help Gundy and staff? What can we do to help the OSU brand get better and to make that next step to, to capture this lightning in the bottle, as you put earlier? I would, I would say that the three of us, and not knowing 100% about YouTube, but I'm, I'm guessing that you all had an incredible college football experience like I did. Stillwater is an incredible town. It is a great place. It is a perfect place to come and experience college football in a – Ben and I couldn't have gone to Miami because we would have flunked out. They would. By, I wouldn't yes, have semester. There's no way. Couldn't I mean, I almost didn't make it <laughs> Right. Like, it's just too much. Right. Oklahoma State is a place to come and work on your trade, become a better football player, have an incredible college football experience, and feel like you're a part of a family yeah. across the board. I could sell Stillwater to fucking anybody. I wish somebody at Oklahoma State would call me and say, hey, we'd love to get you on our recruiting phone call list or whatever. I would call some kid every night and make Oklahoma State sound like Disney World to them. I get paid to do that, literally. Please call me and ask me to help you get kids in. That's where my talents are is in sales and and pitching things to people. I can do that for them. I'd love that. I would. I would absolutely love an opportunity to do something like that. I kind of talked to Fields about this the other day. So – on the on the west end of the stadium, there is the recruiting check-in. Have you guys passed that gate at all? Yep. Yes. I think we ought to build the little former players deck out there, so that when those guys check in to their recruit, you know, I mean, and obviously we don't use it that much, but like it wouldn't be a whole lot to throw it together either. Right. And just kind of a little meeting place. Like we don't have to do anything special, right. and we could chip in a little money for food every time. But like a gathering place for us to be together, right next to where those players check in for recruiting, and they can see like. You know, you're 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 a part of a of a brotherhood here. Right. Yeah. After this, also, like you know, honestly, it's hard to get us all together. Hundred percent. Yeah. And right now, I think we have the people in the upper management up there, Weiberg and Dr. Schramm. I I think they have the right idea. The bedlam ticket thing. You know, like I mean, I I always have season tickets, but a lot of guys just don't come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. right. You know what I mean? And they've definitely never given anybody. You know, they gave every like basically two. if you lettered, you got two free tickets. Oh, right? that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I talked to, so I, I sat with Tatum at the Bethel yeah. game. Yeah, well, I haven't right. seen T-Speed in like 10 years. He's right. been back, I think, twice. Right. Twice. Yeah. I, mean, I, how many I saw times? more in Denver than I did in Stillwater. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like, and so, I mean, I've had, now granted, this is kind of, I've had ideas, you know, of where, do you remember when the West End Zone was being built, they put the band and bleachers down on the East End Zone next yeah. to Gallagher, right? So here, here's always been my thought, and, and I don't know if this is even possible, but it's, hey, have a place that we can come and we can tailgate, right? On the southeast side of the stadium, have, let us check in, everything else, walk in, across, and be able to stand up on the, you know, underneath the Jumbotron, right? And then put those bleachers back down there. Sell those tickets to us and put the recruits down there with us. Oh, yeah, right? that'd be cool. Now you're on the field. Guess what? How are we going to pay for it? Well, you just opened up that entire section right there in the end zone. You can mm-hmm. put more students or right. season ticket holders. And so that's going to pay for anything that you're ever going to do for us. Mm-hmm. You're getting us together. You're having this, and then now we can get down there on the field next to the recruits, everything else, and and now you're in those bleachers, and, and 
that's where the cameras are going to be. That's where it's going to be able to see. Those are, that's just one one thing. People coming back for Legends of the Gridiron, right? I mean, right. like people coming back, you know, with, with Trent fishing them, getting the getting the uh, Cowboy Cup the day before. Like, in that's the type of stuff of just getting guys back um, and having more of a presence, right? Yeah. I mean, like obviously we're doing well in Oklahoma. We're getting the three star guys. We're getting you know some two stars and three stars, some four stars that that we're getting to commit. But I think it's a you know. We, we are uh, Oklahoma and 75% Texas. So right. how can well, we get those guys? We're not talking about a ton of dudes that no. are trying to come every I mean, you know what I mean? Like, 100%. We're talking, you know, like we live here, so it's easy for us to say we'll go to every, you know. Right. I, I, and I don't even go to every game. I don't either. Right. You know, I, I go to five-ish usually because it's too fucking hot early. <laughs> oh, yeah. The September game is <laughs> right. too much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and trying to get a hotel room and, and right. because you yeah. want to have the entire experience and we've got kids and so it's like, all right, well, I can't bring my boys and, and do what I want to do with, with right. all the other guys and drink and stuff like that because, right. well, i got to drive them home, right. right, and I can't I can't be canned in front of my kids. Right. Like, so, it, you know, the, there's, I know, there's a guy named Marco Moro uh, who, yeah. who I love. Marco has his own tailgate, has for a long, long time and, he, he gets a lot of – he invited all his guys back from the 88 to, to 92 kind of era, and they all stopped by. I mean, like, you're getting guys like that that I've met through the Legends of the Gridiron stuff that are older, that yeah. are phenomenal. Right. right. And, and so it's it's getting and telling those stories and, and being able to see those guys. What else can you do besides, hey, us getting together? Right. What, right. what can we do? How can we – how can you invite a, a Tatum Bell, like a Kevin Williams, right? I mean, like right. – now he's going to get that guy in the honor, by the way. I mean, like, yeah, no be, doubt. No they're, doubt. They're starting to do things with the statue of Barry Sanders, with the ring of iron honor Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas. Like, Leslie O'Neill just got, you know, College uh, Football Hall, Hall of Fame. That's a t- I've seen more Bob Stoops is going in the Hall of Fame than I have Leslie right. O'Neill. And right. I promise you, 75% of my Twitter feed and everything else is OSU fans. Right. And I've seen more Bob Stoops stuff going right. in the in College Hall of Fame than I have Leslie O'Neill. Right. We need to capitalize on those type of things right. as well. Boys, we went 30 minutes over on this podcast, and I loved every second of it. I appreciate it, man. Good stuff. We got to do this again. We're going to do a a Sam Mays podcast, Orange Edition, a Sam Mays podcast, Sooner Edition, every single week. It'll just be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State talk. So you guys are part of my first uh, uh, Orange podcast, and I appreciate it, man. It can only go up from here. Yeah. Yeah, Look, you guys (laughs) killed it. So you got a lot of room. Well, uh, let's try to link up back out here after the. the bowl game, and hopefully we've got yeah. smiles on our face. Sound good? Yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. Perfect. All right, man. Thanks, guys. I yeah, appreciate it. it. Sam Mays, Ben Bowie, Luke Phillips here at CJ Maloney's and Broken Arrow. This is Ben's spot. Come on in and check it out. Uh, the food here is offensive line approved. There's no doubt. I was here about a month ago, and I ordered this special. Not even looking at the menu. I was just like, bring me this special. Not paying attention. And she brought the food out, and I was like, of course, this is Ben's spot. It's beautiful. The presentation oh, was I- perfect. The food is delicious. So come on. Well, I didn't get this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks guys.